Good morning, MVCC. Before we get started with today's service, I have to tell you about an amazing event that we are having here at MVCC on Halloween. We're having a drive-through event where there's going to be candy, carnival games, and the best part is you can enjoy all of this from the safety of your car. So to sign up for volunteering or even just to register, you're going to head over to our website. We really hope to see you there.
There's a rain stream, the heart is on the fire Red and white and the walls are closing in When I look at the space between where it used to be in this memory See, I know I will never be alone In the fire Standing next to me Is this another in the wars Holding back the seas Should I ever be reminded Of how I've been saved There's a cross that bears my birth Where another died for me Reckoning, for I know I will never be 
We are overjoyed to have you here with us on this Sunday morning. If you're new with us this morning, we want to get to know you. So go ahead and text connect to the number on your screen so that we can get connected. Here at NBCC, we are a church that prays together, worships together, and serves together. If you want to get connected and involved in serving, go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen. Even though the music has stopped, we do not have to stop in our time of worship. We want to continue to worship through giving. We've tried to make this as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. We are super hungry for the Word and totally excited to hear what Pastor Mike has to say. So let's head on over and jump in. Well, welcome to Mission Vale Christian Church. I am so glad that we could be together today. We're in the middle of a series called Dangerous, and it's simply a study through the book of Philippians. So I'm, I'm really excited about this because I just believe the writer, the author of this book, had a, a life that was so on the edge for God, and we can definitely learn some lessons today from that. Today, on the title of the message, I'm calling it, It Had to Happen. It Had to Happen. Have you ever had an experience in life that you were going through that was difficult, or there weren't answers, or you didn't really know what was going to happen next, and there was some kind of devastation or loss, or just a difficult time? 
And when you were going through it, you're wondering, God, where are you in this? Are you even, you know, 10,000 feet near me, God? I was um, just uh, graduating from college about two years ago, and um, I was uh, looking for ministry. I knew that God was calling me to serve full-time in youth ministry. I loved kids, loved hanging out with high school students and junior high students. And so I had just been newly married, and my wife and I, we were just looking for a place to serve a church with uh, high school kids. Well, there was a church locally where we were living in Mission Viejo that was looking for a youth pastor. And I thought, this is going to be perfect. It's going to be great. They're not going to have to fly a new guy in, get him acclimated to the culture. I already live here in Mission Viejo. I was born and raised here. And I just, I just thought, you know, it's going to be a great fit. Of course, they'll hire me. So we went through the whole process of interviewing. And I thought, this is a shoo-in. It's going to happen. And I remember them coming back with the answer. And basically, the answer was no. <laughs> They were candidating someone else, and they decided not to go with me. At that very moment when they said, said no, I, I have to tell you that I was devastated. I was at a loss. It was not what I was expecting. And um, I just remember looking back on that moment thinking, it's over. There's, there's no place for me. There's nothing else. Well, I got a call two months later from a friend of mine who started a church on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. And he started this church with uh, just about a handful of people and it started growing and growing and growing. And they were up to about maybe 300 people and they needed uh, a high school pastor to come and serve there. So he calls and he says, hey, Mike, I need a youth pastor. I think you're the guy. Why don't you come to Hawaii? I remember specifically putting down the phone and telling my wife, uh, Laura, the God just answered our prayers. We're moving to Hawaii. And uh, long story short, as we spent six years there and absolutely loved it. Now, the reason that I share that with you is that that interviewing process of what I thought was God's will and what I thought God was going to do, it had to happen. If that didn't happen, if I didn't get a slam door in my face, I would have missed the opportunity to serve and love the people in Hawaii and all these new experiences of culture and church growth and uh, this new church plant and just all these new things that God was showing us. I would have missed all that if, if I would have been stuck in that place with a no. Now, I just, I just believe that when Paul wrote this letter, it, was, it, it could have been a similar situation for Paul because the Apostle Paul was on house arrest. He was in prison. He was in Rome. And um, even though he was in Rome, in prison, Paul was a very dangerous person to the devil, and he was a dangerous person to uh, the worldly system. So today, my goal is at the end of this passage, at the end of this short lesson, I, I, I want us to be able to not only look back at situations and go, you know, I know now that had to happen that way for God's plan to be played out. But I want us to be able to say in the middle of a situation that is painful, difficult, lots of questions, it's not really what I want, God. Right in the middle of that, I want to be able to say, I want you to be able to say, it had to happen. It, th this had to happen in order for God to get the glory and for God to do something amazing. So here's two questions I have for us, and then we'll get into Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. Are you where, in your Christian life, are you where you want to be? Secondly is, are you ready for what is next? 
Paul writes the letter to the people in Philippi, and he loves these people. He helped them to come to Christ. He helped give the gospel to them. And so he had an affection for the people. In the first part of uh, chapter 1, he really writes things like, I thank God every time I remember you. I remember you in all my prayers. It's right for me to feel this way about you. So Paul's heart and his passion was for the people. And as he's on house arrest here in Rome, um, he was waiting for three years of trial. Three years he was waiting. Three years of waiting for Felix, Festus, and Herod to give him a fair trial. And when they wouldn't give him a fair trial, he appeals to Caesar. And so that's where we find ourselves with Paul right now in the middle of a cell. He's writing this letter by the Holy Spirit power, and he's waiting on trial, hopefully, that he can stand before Caesar and plead his case. Why was this letter written? Well, the people were afraid of all the persecution that was going on in the church against Christians. And so Paul writes this letter as an encouragement. Look, you can have joy and peace and all of it, even in the midst of what may feel like you're in a prison cell, but you've got to be able to trust and know that God has a plan. So let's read that with that background now. Let's read verses 12 to 26. Paul says this, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have been more confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here in for the defense of the gospel. And the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The most important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Now, I just want to stop here for a moment and just imagine us in this cell. Paul is chained probably hand and foot. He's got, he's got a, a jailer, someone who's in charge of the house arrest and watching Paul. And there's rumors that are flying around the people in Philippi about the Apostle Paul while he's in prison. And it might have gone something like this. Hey, did, did you hear about Paul? Did, did you hear what he's going through? He, he, he even hasn't had a trial yet. He, he's probably not had his trial because he, he just pushed too hard, man. He, he probably preached the gospel too much. Tone it down, man. Why do you always have to preach the gospel to everybody? It makes them feel uncomfortable. It makes them feel nervous and even uneasy. If, if, if Paul, I can hear the people and the rumors, if, if Paul just would have dot, dot, dot. And Paul's ministry, it seemed like it came to a halt. Yet You ever feel like in life, you feel like everything has come to a screeching halt? You had just planned, you were going to go to this college and you sign up for these classes and you're going for the degree and you just, you just feel like this is the right place and, and all of a sudden there was a door that was shut. You were dating somebody for a really long time and you just felt like this was the right one and all of a sudden it just blew up in your face and I, mean, I don't know, maybe you've been married for years and it's just not, not turning out the way that you wanted it to be. Paul says in verse 12, which I love, he says, look, I want you to know. 
no matter what's happened in your life, what's happening to me now, being in prison, it simply serves one purpose, and that is to advance the gospel. So let's just set the record straight against all the rumors, against all the false accusations, and all the lies against the Apostle Paul, and most of them came from the religious world. I just wonder if we're in a place right now, as we're watching this or listening to this, that when we come to a place of worshiping God, whether it's a church building or outdoors or a home Bible study or some type of group, whether we gather together, it doesn't matter where it is, I just wonder, when we come to a service, when we come to worship God, do we come to set the record straight? Like Paul, he was so passionate about setting the record straight. He came to give truth. Do we come to church services, man? I just want to set the record straight with you, God. I love you. I praise you. I worship you. God, I'm here today on Sunday morning to just worship and, and adore you and praise you and love you. And also... I'm here to set the record straight against the devil, who is the accuser of the brethren, who's going to accuse you of everything you've ever done wrong. But you know, if you're a Christian, you've been covered with the grace of God. See, you are a very, if you're a follower of Christ, you are a very dangerous person to the enemy. You also are a very dangerous person to the world's system. I, I don't know, but it seems to me like the last year or so, there's this even accelerated opposition and push of advancement against the church, against Christianity, against God, against any type of faith at all in Christ. And I want us to be so laser beam focused, like Paul was so absolutely clear here in verse 14. These things happen so that I want you to be encouraged to proclaim the gospel. Proclaiming the gospel, that, that's, what, that's what life is all about. It's about sharing the good news of Christ with people who are simply lost like we were. It needed to happen. Paul was in prison and he knew it needed to happen. Paul had false accusations against him. It needed to happen. Paul had rumors even of Christian brothers and sisters that were um, saying false things against him. It needed to happen. So here's, here's two things that I see that Paul did in this, and he's calling us to do, is number one, to reflect. He, he's just glancing back at his situation, taking a perspective from God that this all happened to advance the gospel. I just think it's really good that we take a few minutes, even right now, you might want to just pause this or wherever you might be listening to this, and just take a moment and reflect on all the things in your life that you think were a failure, all the things in your life you thought were setbacks, that God actually caused those things for you to go through something so it could be a setup for him to get the glory. Second thing I think Paul did is he was expecting now God to do something great. He wasn't in a pity party for himself in the prison cell. Oh, woe is me. Why am I going through this? Why did this happen to me? What did I do to deserve this? God, get me out of this. He's not explaining what happened to him. But he's explaining to the Philippian people, and I believe the Holy Spirit is explaining to us what happened through him. I, I want to say that one more time because that is a perspective that I want in my life. He's not explaining what happened to him, but he's explaining what happened through him. He's not looking at his situation 
from the outside in. He's looking at it from the inside out. Man, I need to hear this for my own life. Sometimes I look at situations, whether they're good or bad, and I think outside in. I look at the circumstance and I let that determine my altitude, which determines my attitude. I'm sorry, my attitude determines my altitude. So, you know what I find myself doing? I don't know if you've maybe done this, but man, 2020 was just a throwaway year. Man, I just want to get out of 2020 and I want to get into 2021. Well, stop. Holy Spirit saying stop. 2020 had to happen as a setup for God to do something great. And I certainly don't want to minimize COVID-19, uh, the, the fall of our economy, all the, the, the division and racism. I don't want to say at all that, that that was good that that happened because I know there are people that lost their lives. I'm just saying God can even cause those things that he allows to happen to bring about his purpose and his good. So when I reflect back like Paul is doing, simple question, what do I need to change? What is it, what is it God, that I need to change within me to stop thinking like everyone else thinks and God be so laser beam focused on what do you think, God, for my life, for my situation? Do I need to start doing something different? Now's the time. This is it right now. Now's the moment. Carpe diem. Seize the moment now. Don't wait till next year. Don't wait till, you know, New Year's Eve. Don't wait till it feels right. Don't wait for it. Seems like everything's lined up. Just make the decision now. Listen, some of us maybe right now listening to this or watching this, you know God loves you and you're running from God. And God is saying, I want to have a relationship with you. And most of all, I want to secure eternity for you. All you got to do is put your faith in me. Surrender your life to me today. This is the day right now that might be for you. For others of us who are following Christ, we just, man, we lost the passion. We lost the fire. We, 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 we lost the excitement and the expectancy of, God, what are you going to do today? And that's why I love Paul so much. And the letter of Philippians, I, I think, is so profound for us today and what we're going through in 2020. Paul is passionate about the gospel. Paul sees his problems, but he has God's perspective. Paul's passionate. He doesn't avoid problems, doesn't pretend they're not there, but he has God's perspective. So we reflect back on situations in life and go, okay, God, I trust that what you were doing there is going to advance the gospel. Are we together on that? All right, number two is this. Man, I got to expect God's going to do something great. And that's what I want to pick up here. Back in Philippians chapter 1, in verse 18. Yes, I will continue to rejoice, he says, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way, I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If, if I am to go on living in the body, this will be mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn. I'm between a rock and a hard place. I'm torn between the two. I, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. 
but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for the progress and joy in the faith, so that through my, my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Man, I, I just, I love this. He's, he's saying, I'm expecting God, whatever situation I'm in, you're going to use it to advance the good news. I, I, I'm thinking back in John chapter 11, um, when Jesus had this incredible friendship with Lazarus and Mary and Martha in the little town of Bethany. And um, uh, the disciples are, are getting really uh, stretched out, stressed out and worried. Lazarus had died. And um, they were questioning, why didn't Jesus go back sooner? Why wasn't he there before Lazarus died? Because he could have healed him. And, and Jesus' response really is, I, I just, it's out of sorts. It's weird. I, I, I just, but I love the fact that Jesus is truth. He says in verse 14 and 15 of John chapter 11, he says, for your sake, I'm glad I didn't get there in time. What? Jesus, Lazarus just died, and you're telling us you're glad? I mean, that's what the word says. Really what Jesus is saying here, and when we have Paul's perspective of expectancy, I'm going to show you a new level of my glory, man. I am going to raise, we know now because we know, we know what happened. John chapter 11, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Raised him from the dead to show us that there is something beyond this life. And that with God, there is always hope. Man, I'm going to take you to a whole new place. You're going to see my glory in such a way, Jesus says, that you, you are going to not only be blown away, but you are going to have a passion now to share the gospel like never before. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting to a place in my life, and I want to keep growing in this, that, that I see my problems and concerns and cutbacks and setbacks, hateful emails and splits and just loss in my life this last years, losing my parents. I, I'm expecting God to show up even when it hurts the most, even when I don't understand, even when I don't like it. I'm expecting God to do something great. That, that was where Paul was. And so to wrap this up, there's one phrase that just keeps ringing through this text. It had to happen. It had to happen. And I eagerly expect. Do we? Do we eagerly expect God to show up and do something great? even in the midst of what I don't like. Here's a couple of things. I, I just want us to remember that adversity can mean advancement. Inverse, adversity can mean advancement in our life. And secondly, testing can produce triumph. Man, Testing can produce the triumph. I, I want you to be passionate about God, and I want you to be passionate about the gospel. And the more that I hang around the Word of God, the more that I worship the Lord in a local church, the more that I'm serving God and I'm in a Bible study group with people who really know the real me and we're growing together in relationship and life group and I'm sharing my faith with others, it's, it's then that I'm able to keep growing and the passion for Jesus grows. I, I like to just do something here in, in, in finishing. I just want you, wherever you're watching this, 
to just um, maybe stand up from where you're at or where um, if you're sitting, just turn around 180 degrees and just turn around for a moment. I, I want you to see a different perspective than what we were looking at in the last 20 minutes. I know that this way represents 2020. 2020 was hard. It happened. Disappointments, stuff that broke you. But you cannot go into 2021 focused on the past. It's good to reflect so we can see this had to happen for God to get the glory. God's going to do something great. Now, I want you to turn back around. Turn back around. My eyes, I want your eyes to be so fixed on the Word of God, so fixed on Jesus, that no matter what happens in 2021, we'll be able to stand like Paul and say, I eagerly expect these things have happened to me to advance the gospel. Let's pray. Father, God, I just thank you so much, Father. I thank you that your word is so crystal clear. I thank you that Paul had such a passionate perspective, not just of his problems, of, but trusting that you are gonna do something great. And I just pray, God, for anyone right now out there that's listening, that's going through something difficult, and I pray, Jesus, that you would remind them that you are right there, that you're going to turn this around for something good. Thank you for the promise of Romans 8, 28. And God, we, we love you. We dedicate our hearts to you, God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm so glad you're with us uh, this morning. And I hope we'll see you next week as we go through Dangerous through the book of Philippians.